You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. From the big screen to the small screen and everything in between, this is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Well, hey, guys, and welcome to a very special bonus episode of the Screeners Podcast. My name is Chris. This is Chad. And we are back again to talk all things media, but specifically, we're here to talk about a new film by first-time director John Krasinski, and I cannot wait to dive into this review. But before we do, I wanted to remind all of you out there in podcast land to join us on Facebook. That's really where the conversation happens, and we would love to hear from you. So please visit us on our Facebook page or follow us on Twitter at ScreenersCast, and uh, we'd love to know what you think about the show. There's a lot of stuff that goes up there on a a regular weekly basis, articles, obviously our show itself, uh, but we'd love to hear from you. All right, let's dive into this week's bonus episode for A Quiet Place. See what I did there, Chris? That was the trailer for A Quiet Place. It's very quiet. <laughs> so, I love so it. Normally, so normally good. here, yeah, yeah, normally here, this is where we would play the trailer. But yeah. as I discovered when I went to download the trailer, as is as we all know, I don't watch trailers, so I no. went to to download the trailer and realized there's no dialogue in this trailer except for one line at the very end. <laughs> so it was going to be a very strange experience to play the trailer. Now you've just made it a strange experience score. for all of us on the podcast. This is so exactly odd. right. So I thought I would just share that with everybody. So that's good. But I will keep with one tradition and read the always wonderful and very informative mm. descriptions from IMDb. Yes. The a Quiet Place IMDb description reads. A family is forced to live in silence while hiding from creatures that hunt by sound. And so while that may seem a little a little short, that's pretty much what this movie yeah. is. Yeah, no, no. So as as you mentioned, this is the directorial debut of uh, John Krasinski and he also uh, is one of the credited screenwriters as well. He mm. uh, rose to prominence as one of the central characters of the English version of The Office as Jim. And the American, uh, has not the American version, not the English version. Did I say the English version? Yeah, I mean, I, British would probably be more descriptive. They both speak English, but yeah, there's the British version, which John there's, is not in, and the American that's correct. version that he is. So in. right, and there's only one English, and that's the way we speak it down here in Tennessee. So let's get <laughs> right, that straight. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's not. We haven't even made that office yet. There needs to be exactly the southern that, that's, version. Hey, that's not a bad idea. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> so we get this, and I had I had no idea, you know, what to think going in. I, I like Krasinski as an actor for yeah. sure, but hey. It's first time director. Uh, it, it stars his real life wife, uh, Emily Blunt. It's a very small cast. I think the total cast on screen is six people, and that will include the the three children of the, that the couple have, and then a couple of other ancillary characters along the way. So, Chris, yes, let me ask you. I really don't know. I know that you're not necessarily a huge fan of the horror genre. I don't really know oh, that this would no, even I... qualify as a horror film, more of a thriller, maybe. But yeah. This is a movie that's getting a lot of buzz. I think it currently sits at a 96% on does Rotten really? Tomatoes. I haven't even looked. It does. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, wow. and it won the box office uh, weekend with a $50 million domestic take. Wow. So it's definitely a big hit. It's making a lot of waves. A lot of people love it and are talking about it. So, Chris, let me ask you. Yes. What did you think of A Quiet Place? Well, listen, you know me. I'm a huge Michael Bay fan. And of course, this is Michael Bay's movie this year, and I loved it, man. I think this is really, really good. This is seriously. This did you know that this is Michael Bay? He was the producer on this thing. Uh, Platinum Dunes is his Platinum production. Dunes. Yep, his production. Yeah, actually, company. 
I did. I read an article yesterday, I think, that said they're no longer going to be making remakes, but they're going to yeah. be focusing in on on original content, which it's easy to say that the weekend after you just had a $50 million opening. But right. yeah. Yeah. Well, I can definitely see them shifting more towards this Bloomhouse uh, model that seems to be very, very successful, uh, doing these smaller, really well-made, giving first-time directors, you know, a place to uh, to kind of uh, show their show their thing. And of course, John Krasinski obviously has Krasinski, excuse me. He has a, a built-in audience. You know, he's obviously recognizable. But as for the movie itself, I knew very little. I think I saw the trailer months ago, and I wasn't totally sure it was something I was going to actually see in the theaters, to be fully honest with you. But I started hearing a lot of the buzz that it was very good. I think it premiered at South by Southwest uh, two or three weeks ago. It was getting some really good uh, buzz. And so I was... I was excited to see it. And this movie did not disappoint. It is, I think I read an article today about it causing problems for people who wanted to eat popcorn in the theater because it is so quiet. It is so uh, tense that even just a little bit of noise can be super distracting. I, it is one of the most tense, visceral, thrilling films i've seen in a very very long while um it's it's uncomfortable uh it is terrifying it actually has something to say there are afterwards you could sit down and talk about well what you know obviously it's about something very obvious but what is it kind of what's the subtext what what is it trying to say there are all kinds of onion layers I, I really thought this movie was great. Uh, it's one of those movies that I think I'll be sharing with other people, similar to Mother from last year. I just think, sure, those movies can be horror, but there's so that, that that title I feel like is just so cheap nowadays because it feels like anybody can just make a horror movie. This is this is done with artistry. It's done with nuance. It's done with with intention. I think John Trzinski does. Krasinski, can't even say his last name, does a great job as a first-time director. There, there just seems to be a level of authenticity between the kids and the parents and the husband and the wife and very little, almost no dialogue whatsoever, which is just insane when it's you true. think about what what happens in this movie. I, I, To say that I didn't miss the dialogue just seems nuts, but I didn't because the acting... The scenes, what's happening, the tension, all that stuff just is is really great. So I, I had a blast with this movie. I am I was blown away, honestly. I really was. That's great. So a very strong uh, recommendation from Chris. Yeah. Uh, very much like you, I, I had not seen the trailer. And when we talk about spoilers today, I want to talk a little bit about the trailer specifically when we get into spoilers, since I just watched it a couple of minutes ago before we started recording. Okay. But very much like you, I knew the conceit just from the maybe 15 seconds that I had seen in a, in a teaser before I was able to look away. But I didn't know anything about it, didn't know who was in it, didn't know necessarily and we're going to keep this general but didn't know much about the the situation that they're trying to overcome i guess although if you've seen the the trailer you know what i'm talking about but yeah yeah the the plot plot. yeah yeah totally right right and so very much like you uh i went in and i saw this in a theater that had rpx sound (laughs) and so we we paid the upcharge specifically to to get that experience and i that did not disappoint what so i expected going in 
into this, I, I have liked Krasinski his entire career, but where I really felt that I, I saw his potential as a dramatic actor was in a movie that I don't know if you, if you watched, Chris, uh, The 13 Hours, The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. Did you see that movie? Another that was Michael a Michael Bay. Bay. Yeah, another right. Michael Bay joint. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. I did. I actually liked that movie quite a bit, and I thought he was he was wonderful in that as well. Yes, and so I, I actually agree with that. That was I was surprised. If, if I didn't know Michael Bay directed that going in, I would not have thought that uh, that it was directed by him, although it had some of his cinematic flourishes for sure. It's but I thought that movie's pr- it's rained yeah. in when in comparison to most of Michael Bay's other stuff. No stories. doubt. Yeah. I did enjoy that movie quite a bit and in large part because of his performance. He had a physical presence in yeah. that movie that I thought, wow, this he could he could maybe do something so, something really serious because I'd just seen him as Jim, the goofy love interest of Pam for so long right. and the you know the practical jokester and all that. But in thirteen hours I saw potential there. So going into this, just very excited to see see what he could do behind the camera and what he does in front of the camera. And I, I am not, it's not hyperbolic. It maybe it is a little hyperbolic, but I'm going <laughs> to say this movie for me has a solid chance of being in my top five of the year. Yeah. Uh, and, and I mean that yeah. I, I didn't just like this movie. Now when I left, I needed time to think about it. I really liked it a lot, but but as I begin to to write my notes and look at the different things and recall the moments that happen in this movie, I realize that I love this movie. Yeah. I mean, I really love this movie, and it's not just because of the set pieces and the construction of the scenes and how they work and how the sound design plays into the tension. All of those things are done expertly. There is no doubt about it. But this movie for me is filled with absolute moments of true human emotion and love and actions that are driven by love between this family who is in the most indescribable uh, and impossible of circumstances that really got to me the uh, the more that I the more that I thought about it so some of the high points for me I love the tone and the pacing like you mentioned Chris already I think that the way that they are able to this the entire cast but the way that they're able to carry and convey the conveyance of information that happens purely through the way that the camera work, the set design, and the performances is really well done because this is almost a silent film. I I mean, obviously, it has some score, it has sound design, but from a dialogue standpoint, there is so very little in this movie, and yet you're never confused, you know what is happening, you clearly understand the stakes, And, and for me, the biggest surprise for me is that even though there was no dialogue, really, I empathized with and cared deeply for every single one of these characters when I did not. Into- I thought this was just going to be a fun Blumhouse conceit and we'll be a lot of jump scares and all that. But right. I really cared about every one of these characters. Every performance to me was believable. It was natural. Millicent Simmons, who uh, she's actually uh, deaf in, in real life. She I saw her first in Wonderstruck last year. She plays the daughter in this movie and does a great job of conveying guilt and pain of a tragedy that happens balanced against her need to be loved and accepted by the people that are closest to her. Emily Blunt is wonderful as as usual. Noah uh, Jupe, I believe is how you say his last name, is the middle brother. He's great. I totally bought the dynamic of the family and their interactions. I thought were real, and I, I just rooted for them the whole time, where I've, I've seen a million horror movies where the sooner they got killed the better i was like bring it on i don't want to spend any more time with these people but you really do or at least i did i really did love these characters and wanted to be with them 
And I love the fact that regardless of what the characters did in this movie, even though they were in some pretty fantastical circumstances, and there are some tropey things that happen, but for the most part, I understood why they did what they did in that moment. I was never pulled out of the movie like nobody would do that. It was consistent with who their characters were, and so it organically lent itself to great moments of, of tension and and terror. Yeah, absolutely. So, and and, and you know, the one thing, too, that we haven't mentioned is the, the idea of world building. Because I feel like in most of these kind of movies, at some point there would be a character that would come on and kind of do the the download or, or this the you know give us all of the information that we need to know to understand how everything is supposed to work and just like you said everything is so visual it's it's all we're given these wonderful little pieces of the puzzle and suddenly we get this piece and this piece and then that piece and then 30 minutes later we see the full picture and we're like oh that's why he did this and that and now it makes sense and yeah. i have that information and it makes sense for the next the next moment in this film it's just really incredible how well crafted it is for there not being much in the way of dialogue it's it's all visual it's it's really incredible but it's not a silent film i mean like you said you want to see this in the best possible so it's such an interesting paradox there right that you need to see this in the best possible sound environment but there the, the the dialogue is is absent it's just it's really crazy it is it is and and that is a credit to i mean it has to go yeah. to john krasinski i mean yeah. as a director that is your job and the way that he uses the movement of the camera to convey information and to help construct these sequences in such a way that we understand what's happening we get the stakes we understand where everything is it's really to his credit because there are directors that have been out there a long time that don't do as well as he did in this very first one, if we're yeah. just being completely honest. Sure. And I do think you're right, Chris. You mentioned it sort of in passing, but I think the sound design obviously is a massive thing, but I think the secondary MVP is the production design in this movie. Yeah. We, we get a little bit of information with you know some, some newspapers on the wall kind of thing, and, and we see a newspaper at the very beginning when they're walking out of a store that's kind of floating there, but it's never overt. It's never a, a huge exposition dump. It's all organic and everywhere that you see them, because it's essentially, and I don't think it's a spoiler to say this, but it is essentially a one location film. Mm hmm essentially and you never but every place that they go every nook and, and cranny every corner and room that they go into is just exactly how you would think it would be it the the, the production design you know it, it is fantastic i think i think also one of the things that that i really loved about it is that it, it deals with a lot of complicated emotions between father and daughter husband and wife and then the full family dynamic yeah and yet there's no talking. So I, I, not to ring that bell again, but you really get to see it's a credit to all of these. And I hate to say child actors, but the younger actors, they hold their own. For me, I think that it'll be easier to talk about a lot of the things that I really loved about this when we get into spoilers. But is there anything else that you wanted wanted to mention uh, in this general part, Chris? No, I think we've said it, honestly. I think it is one of those very special films that, sure, you can label and put in the genre of horror, but it is more than that. And I think to to talk of it in terms of a straight up horror movie or even a thriller, I think does it a disservice because just as you said, I think this is going to be in my top 10, if not my top five of the year as well. Just like Mother, just like Get Out. I feel like it's just this interesting time we live in where this genre 
felt like it had become so tired. And now people with such expertise and such an amazing story to tell come in and do these incredible things. And we think, wow, I didn't realize that it was capable of this. And um, I'm so yeah. glad I had that experience. It's, 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 very, un, it's, it's, it's very unique uh, in, in the world of cinema, in the world of film at the moment. So I loved it. It is. And, I, and for those of you that hated Mother, yeah. this movie is nothing like Mother. Chris just for some reason loves Mother, and that's okay. Yeah. Well, no, it's okay I, that he loves it, but don't let that scare you off. This let, is not like Mother. <laughs> let, let, let me tell you what I mean by that, in that this movie is also brutal. This movie is also real, and it's raw. But yeah, no, Mother is a di- very different tone. This is nothing. This is a this is a literal film. This actually is is, is, yes. is literal. <laughs> mother is I, what I mean by that is just is experimental. People would la- label Mother a horror film as well, and sure. that just is silly to me. This is not a horror movie either. It just seems silly to me. It just seem. I mean, you could say it, but it just it's not enough. It does that doesn't go far enough. It just it it puts it in a pool with other films that this this film does not deserve to be in with. So that's what I mean by that. I agree with that wholeheartedly, and and I would just say this, too, that I love the way that this movie ends. I can't talk about that specifically until we get to spoilers, but this movie is filled with moments that... It just it just shows that the people that put this together know what they're doing because cinema at its purest form, when it when we're dealing with emotion and certainly in this genre is about setups and payoffs. Yep. And this movie has multiple things that happen consistently that are set up perfectly, yep. and they all pay off. And none of them feel cheap or manipulative to me, anyway. I think so, honestly, if you've got a family, I mean. This this movie and and you're you're fun you're, you're fine with being wrecked in in ways. This movie is going to wreck you in the best possible way. I mean, I, I think yeah. it is. Yeah, if if you are a father or a wife or a, a father or a mother, uh, this 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 movie speaks to parenthood so yep. incredibly well. So yeah, it does. And not to continue to be so effusive, but I'm, I mean, I was terrified. I was scared. I was exhilarated. I cried yeah, I, all yeah, the things. I did, I did all the things <laughs> yeah. in this movie. Yeah. So, and, and it's, it wasn't one, it wasn't one that I expected to do that when I, when I went in. So Chris, I, I think we already know the answer, but oh. is this something that people yeah. should screen in the theaters or should they Just do any of the yes. other stuff? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> go, go see this. Honestly, this, this deserves the praise that it's getting. It deserves the box office that it's getting. Yeah, absolutely. It does, and I agree with that 100%. This movie is theater-worthy. It's a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes for a horror film, even though it's much more than a horror film. And it is something that I think people will be talking about for a long time. And I think whatever it takes for you to go see it, get out and go see it because it is worth it. So with that, let's move to spoilers for A Quiet Place. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Well, you look nervous. Is it the scars? You want to know how I got them? But there's so many places it would never occur to a hawk to hide. However, the reason the Führer's brought me off my Alps in Austria and placed me in French cow country today is because it does occur to me. Because I'm aware what tremendous feats human beings are capable of once they abandon dignity. In the dream, I knew that he was going on ahead. He's fixing to make a fire somewhere out there in all that dark and all that cold. And I knew that whenever I got there, he'd be there. And then I woke up. 
All right, Chris. So this movie is really made up of a lot of different moments. Yeah. It's not just action or thriller set pieces, although that's there, but there are great moments that happen throughout. And so I want to I want to highlight a few of those specifically, but before I do, I and I don't want to be that guy that is always complaining about trailers, <laughs> but I had not seen this trailer yeah. until a few minutes before we started recording, and because it's very much in keeping with what is in the film, there's really no dialogue until the very, very end of the trailer, and I'm paraphrasing here, but it's when Emily Blunt's character says to to her husband, Lee, something to the effect of, who are we if we can't protect them? And that's the only that's really the only line of dialogue you get in the trailer. Okay. But here is what else you get visually, okay? Uh-oh. You, you see the part where their youngest son gets killed in the opening. No. You see, you do. You see, now it doesn't explicitly show it, but it shows everything that leads up to the moment right before the creature jumps. Oh, man. It shows the fireworks at the end, so you know that at some point fireworks actually get set off, which the sequence there is a beautiful moment where the son is supposed to go set off the fireworks. So... All the tension that could be there in is he going to make it or is he not is essentially removed if you've seen the trailer because you see Krasinski running through the field with the fireworks going off. You very clearly see that the wife is pregnant in the trailer. Twice it shows that. You see the attack on the truck at the end. You see the kids fall into the corn silo and the creature jump in there. Oh, man. All all in the trailer. What in the world is wrong with people? I've only seen that trailer, like I said, maybe once or twice. And I didn't remember any of that stuff and I'm so glad that I didn't because man it was so tension filled all of those moments I know because what I loved about it was it felt very much like a, a game of thrones at the very beginning the 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 son is killed and I'm like oh man that means Everybody's this, up for grabs. This this movie's for real. Yeah. <laughs> they just killed the little cute boy who's yeah. like four. It was really I that wrecked me. Like the moment that happened, I was like, oh my what? I was not expecting that at all. And when it and when it happened, I was I was just like, okay, so I I'm, I need to re reframe how I saw recalibrate, this. recalibrate. Yeah. Now another thing too, I didn't realize, and I meant to mention this in the uh, in the main review, but this movie's rated PG thirteen. I had no idea until even yeah. after the movie, and so um, this movie is intense for a PG thirteen movie. I can't imagine taking my. I, anyway, it just it, it's crazy that that, that, that that's uh, it's PG thirteen, which is another reason why I'm sure it did so well at the box office. Yeah, yeah, it is. So let's talk. Uh, we we've skirted around it in the beginning, but now yes. that we don't have to. So this yes. is essentially an uh, an alien invasion movie. I mean, we don't know where they came from. These creatures. It's a creature flick. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it could be what happens in Pacific Rim. You know, though these like, the little, sure. little creatures in Pacific Rim. I don't. Know, thank dude. you for hey, thank you for the throwback to Pacific Rim, Chris. <laughs> I know it's in your heart. This it's is always my close by. Pacific Rim movie right here. It's this is always it. close by. Hey, I actually read something. That from one of the screenwriters, I don't remember if it was from his Twitter account or something, but this, when they first were pitching this movie, they were trying to get it set up as a Cloverfield film. Oh, man. See, that would be so much better than what they did. Yes. And so when they were pitch, when they were shopping the script around, yeah. they were talking about how we could easily integrate this into the Cloverfield universe, and they passed on it to do the stupid thing that, for paradox. Uh, that was a mistake. But in either case, I mean, I, I never saw, I never didn't listen to you guys' review, but I didn't hate paradox the way that everyone else did. I thought it was 
fine. It was definitely of course you did middling. Of course you no, did. no, no. It was just normal. This, however, is on a different level. This is oh yeah. This is this is amazing. Yeah, they're kicking themselves for sure. But yeah. these creatures, what I really liked about them is I really love their their physical design mm-hmm. and the sound design. Of course, I got a little bit earlier on before we had really seen them up close. They kind of it kind of felt like an homage or a throwback to the xenomorph characters from Aliens. I don't know if you got that vibe. I yeah. got that vibe a little bit. And then when you see them, I love the design of how their heads seem to open up in all these different places. Very Stranger um, Things esque. Stranger Things. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, very Stranger Things. It zooms into their ear canal. And I thought all of that was was, was just done really, really well. And I like the fact that it also showed, again, one of those little details as it goes by from some handwritten notes that were on in in, in Krasinski's bunker, I guess you would call it, his his Mm -hmm. cellar where he worked, that there are three confirmed creatures in this area. And that's it. Yes. But regardless of when a sound happens, they come quickly. And and we, we see by these torches that are lit at the top of these corn silos every night that there appears to be six to eight families that are all in an area that they light at night to let everybody know that they're still okay. And so it seems that these three creatures are stalking this one area, which I, which I really, really loved. So, I think the world building is great. I want to talk about just a couple moments that I really liked and then and, and specifically. So one, from a set piece standpoint, I love the moment, the, the nail in the... Oh, it's terrible. That's terrible. The, yeah, the it's nail the in the step. The second that it gets hung on that, you know that's going to pay off, right? Yeah. It's Again, oh, we talked course. about setups and yes. payoffs. Yeah, yeah. And that's an overt one, but it works so well because the creature has been alerted. We already know that it's on the way. She steps on the thing and drops the frame and then she's trying to be quiet she's already in labor so it's every single thing that they could do to add tension to this scene happens yeah and then what one of the best but for me probably the best jump scare happens in this scene where she's got a bloody footprint going across the floor she's down and the door is open at the top of the steps she walks back across the steps and we see the back half of the creature yeah and we get a, a big um sound effect moment and i think that's one of the unique things that this movie does so well is that in a typical horror film, even one that is built around the construct of jump scares, the score is going to change quite significantly, and it often sets up uh, the jump scare that's about to happen. Now, a lot of times the score will tell you it's about to happen, and then it'll get silent for two or three seconds, and then the jump scare happens. This movie is so effective because it's just silent all the time. So (laughs) when the jump scare happens out of that, you're not prepared for it necessarily outside of maybe some framing stuff that may kind of give it away. But man, is it really effective? So I loved, I loved that that sequence in particular. And then I also loved the the idea of the father taking his son out into the woods to teach him about the world and about what he can do and what is safe and what isn't safe. So, because after, after the youngest child is killed, these two children, this story really is about this family trying to overcome what that has done to their family. And the kids feel like it's the, the boy is, is terrified of everything. And the girl feels like it was her fault. Yeah. But I, um, I'm going to be honest with you though. That was, my the the most there's two things that bothered me in this movie so let's go to the negative right go to the land of the negative for just a moment that scene didn't make no sense to me i understand narratively why they did which, which scene you're talking about uh taking his son out into the woods like a week before I got you. Okay. her due date like you could have done that six months ago you know what i mean like when 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 the due date was not so close like that did that narratively obviously i mean the, the moment he started to take her take him away i was like why 
Why are you leaving your wife, a, you know, like a week, week and a half, two weeks before the due date? It could happen at any time, bro. Like, you know this, you've got three kids. It's not, you know, you've had three kids. It's not insane. So I didn't understand why he felt the need that that this needed to be the moment. Uh, it could have happened a month ago. And so that bothered me. I was like, I, well, I, didn't, happen, I, didn't, I, knew, I knew something was going to happen back on the phone. Right. We had to separate I them didn't, for a reason. I didn't necessarily read that as if that was the first time that had happened. It seemed like but, it, though. It, it seemed- to me, it didn't because the daughter want, the daughter clearly knew that they were going somewhere because yeah. she kept coming up to him saying she wanted to go. She wanted to go, too. So to me, but it the, felt like it was just a continuation. I agree. Your point still stands that that close, they probably it's not a good idea to go. But I didn't read it as yeah, but even this there, is the man, first time they've done that. Even there, though, like he was obviously telling the son new stuff. You know what I mean? He, right. Well, I, right. I think it was a series of things because the son said. The son clearly said, I don't want to go. So right. to me, that was he t- he has done this thing before and knows he doesn't want to do it again. But anyway, okay, that's a sm- that's that that's small either way. But I, I agree. They they had to have some mechanism. But but what one of the things that comes out of that scene, though, was one that thing that I loved the the pure joy that they had to get behind that waterfall and. Yell as a father and son moment. I love that moment. All that that was wonderful. I totally agree with you. There is nothing in this movie that is like cringeworthy or uh, just doesn't make any sense. I understand why they did that plot wise it just didn't make any sense if i was in other words you you know in in the traditional horror movie you put yourself in the in the player's place and you're like i would never do that okay so that number one that would be the one thing i'd never do which is leave my wife you know two weeks before a due date that just doesn't make any especially in this world and then number two for me how about number 1.5 you don't get your wife pregnant in this world but whatever (laughs) yeah that is another thing that made no sense to me but that was probably an emotional thing they were like or maybe it was just an accident who knows sorry anyway the entire time i was like how are you gonna keep that baby quiet (laughs) this is just unnecessary tension like i don't this is just ridiculous no okay but the, the the second thing for me is freaking close your doors why why does no one close doors in this world make it might make a noise but freaking close your door. Uh, you know what I mean? Like every single problem is they leave the barn doors open. They leave the 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 house doors open all the time, all of the time. Why not just, there's got to be a way to to, to, manu- to to make it work so that there's less noise or, you know, be able to fi- figure out a way to still make it close. And But they never do. They walk into the house being chased by these things. They don't close the door. They they don't have doors, you know, in their the 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 soundproof nursery. Uh, just a mattress. Like what? Yeah. I don't understand. I get it. I get it, and that bothered me a little bit too. But I, I think ultimately, I think they did a good enough job showing how quickly these creatures attack at the slightest noise. That it's I, it. I bought it that it was something that they may do. Even though you're right, you're right. There seems to be a way they could. Those close are the my door. only two nitpicks. <laughs> is are those things? Him going away, and not freaking closing the doors behind you. Just close the door, woman. And then yep. you, you're not, oh man, anyway. Yeah, well, let's talk about a couple more things sure, before we wrap please. up here. So another moment that I really loved was the birth of the of the baby in the tub while the creature's coming up the stairs. Just the way that was shot where we see the blood coming in the in the tub and you hear the creature right outside the door and all of that stuff. And this goes back to what I was saying saying about the uh, the trailer earlier and why it was such a bummer that it showed the fireworks going off is that this is one of those crosscut scenes where it led to it started off with one of my favorite moments of the entire movie. And I got choked up unexpectedly so again, I'm a dad, I have a son, I get it. I'm yep. a softie. But 
they come back uh, and they know mom, the mom is in trouble. The lights have been turned red, which I thought was a great visual thing. That oh, was man. super cool, just yeah. to even just cinematic kind of thing. Um, the boy is terrified. He's been terrified. They've established that he's just scared of everything. And his dad asks him to go and run, set the fireworks off, which is going to require him to run through the cornfield and then set it off by himself while his dad goes to help his mom. And he just gets, he just cries and looks at his dad and says, I can't do it. I can't do it. His dad looks at him and, and clearly has no idea whether he's going to live or not, has to ask his son and encourage his son to say, you can do it. And he reaches down and he kisses him on the forehead and says, your mom needs your help. Yeah. And then he goes, oh, it wrecked me yeah. because it's like in that moment, you don't know if he's going to make it. And so yeah. that his journey to go and try and, and not make noise and light this is juxtaposed against her delivering the baby in the bathtub. It's just a wonderfully constructed scene with beautiful moments all the way around that is totally undercut if you see the trailer and see all the fireworks going off because he does make it of course and and and, and all that stuff so i just right. love i just love those little human moments that are interspersed in between this thing well and then also of course the the arc of the i can't remember her name but um the deaf uh girl the deaf yeah daughter. reagan abbott millicent simmons is her name but reagan is who she is in the i'm movie. telling you what that that was that's worth the price of admission just the yeah. the the subtlety of that performance, her being able to show the fact that she is a little bit angsty. Obviously, she's in that preteen, teenage. I don't know like how old she's supposed to be there, but she's she she's right around that age. And looking for the admiration of her dad and or the approval of her father, but knowing that she, you know, blaming herself for the death of her her brother, yeah. um, and just just that whole kind of like. Uh, pain packed on pain and trying to figure out her life and what it means and her dad working at trying to fix her hearing maybe with these you know the these things that he's making down in the basement it just it's just amazing and then her son the, the son telling the father all he just needs you to say you love her and then that yeah. moment uh, before he, you know, gives his life, telling her, right. "I love you. I've always loved you." It's just like, "Oh God, stop yeah. it!" Yeah, and she has another moment too when uh, that really wrecked me. There's so many moments. Yes. I just I, yeah. so when when she takes the the NASA space shuttle back to the yeah. grave marker that they've made, and she cuts the sound, but then turns it on to the flashing lights because the little boy just wanted to play with this toy that had flashing lights, yeah. and she gave it to him and took the battery he's out and and to a 10 year old or however old she was at the moment she's not going to think the boy's going to take the battery so she was just trying to be a good sister right right yeah. it's the thing that siblings would do it's something yeah. siblings would do mom and dad's don't do this but hey i got you and so you you know i totally understood all that but that moment was beautiful she lays there and and, and turns on the turns on the space shuttle and it blinks which then leads to what you just referenced and, and we can wrap things up with with this is i i, I did not expect that uh, Krasinski's character was going to die. Now, I always thought it was a possibility, but I didn't know that they were going to do it. Yeah. And the way that they did it is just so perfectly done. It ties up the the arc of both of those characters. And for me, that was a, that was certainly very emotional to see him, you know, doing the sign language, I've always loved you. And then those the kids have to see him sacrifice himself for them. But the part that moved me even a little more was when later when she's down in the cellar with with her mom and she sees the work that her dad has been doing all this time yep. when she thought he didn't even love her and she sees his love 
through the through those hearing devices that he was working on and she oh man alive yeah it's it's just so it's just so well done and no from dialogue top to in bottom. any of these scenes that we're talking about there is no dialogue that the performances alone is just it, it it's really insane it really is it really is. It really is. Well, I, I think it is safe to say uh, that you and I both love this movie. I, yes. Um, is there uh, anything else you wanted to talk about before we wrap it up tonight? Honestly, no. I think we've you know heaped enough praise on here. I've tried to be as negative as I could on it. It just doesn't work. The the, the yeah. good so far outweighs. It is just it's just it's wonderful. It really is a great a great film. It really is. And the and the only area I could potentially skew negative is there are a few little horror tropey kinds of things in this movie i mean ultimately there are a lot of jump scares there are some negative space in the frame things that appear but it is so well done and this movie isn't about the scares it is about this family it is about the relationship between the family and it is so naturalistic and beautiful and believable that I just can't imagine anybody not liking this movie. Now, if you don't like to be scared and you don't like tension, yeah, <laughs> this, this is not, not for you. you. Yeah. It's not for you. If you're faint uh, because, of heart, if you don't want to see a kid get you know brutally murdered in the first 10 minutes of this movie, this is not. Yeah. Like I was thinking like, man, Mel- Melody, I don't know. I'm not sure if Melody would really love this movie or not. I feel I think like she, she would. Will. It doesn't show the, the death. I mean, it shows him just kind of get knocked away, right. it's, but it's, it's not. It's all PG-13. I, I agree with that, but it's still very brutal because think for a moment, oh, he's going to get he's going to get there and save the son. Obviously. Yeah. Oh man, he's not. Oh wow, okay. Wow. Yeah. That's where we're going right now. Okay. That's true. Yes, true. But overall, people, this movie this movie is great. So Chris and I give it the screener seal of approval. Bravo, yes. John Krasinski. We can't wait to see what you do next. Jack and Ryan on uh, on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this this movie is the real deal. So uh, thank you guys very much for joining us for this special bonus episode of The Screeners. Uh, as always, you can find us on Facebook, search for The Screeners Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at ScreenersCast. And if you're so inclined, send us an email to ScreenersCast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time when we'll be talking about Daniel's possible favorite movie of all time, Dwayne The Rock Johnson starring in Rampage. We'll see you next time. And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.